Okay. Uh, Johnny, are you recording? Yes. This is me recording my audio for the podcast campaign podcast starring Johnny O'Mara and friends. <laughs> friends is a strong word. Okay. But I'm going to do the star. We got, we got to do the count in. We got to oh, do sorry, the count in before we do any more clever <laughs> phrases or jokes. James is or paying us for content. Play, which is distinct from jokes, according to Liz Anderson. It's nah, weird. It's different. We're going to do the count in. Uh, so I will say one. Johnny will say two. Tyler's going to yes, say I will. three. And Liz is going to say four. At which point we will clap. One, two, three. three. Okay. <laughs> So clearly, <laughs> instructions Incredible. were unclear. I was not listening. <laughs> I thought I was three. <laughs> and that's Liz, the start that's of the, the show. One, that's the start of an episode. one thing they teach in improv, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I guess. That time maybe. was worth anything. It was worth learning how to do that. Our, to count, do our count in so that we're synced up should be one to ten, A to J. And <laughs> we can't start recording until we get it right. <laughs> so I'll do zip. You do zap, <laughs> yep. and then uh, I've already fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's try this again. Liz, you are four. Okay. Tyler, you're three, so you're doing a good job. All right. <laughs> One. Two. Three. Four. Nice work, everyone. That was everyone. nice. Nice and peaked. Very yeah. nice. You know, I feel like we got it on the second try. How many podcasters can say that? I think most probably can. Probably a bunch. The majority, <laughs> probably. I, 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 well, Professionals. <laughs> Let's don't take this away from us. We, we, we need it. Let's pick up with Gable and Jonnet. You guys were having kind of a fun time, like kind of a just a neat time at this festival, hearing all the singing and the drinking and the carousing, and you rounded the corner, entered the town square, which is decorated beautifully, except for the corpse that is in the middle of the square that people are right now dancing around, singing music around, and uh, just you know, throwing all sorts of colorful flowers and whatnot up into the air around this this body. Cable, does anyone else seem weirded out by this? Uh, looking around, no, but sometimes people's emotions are hard to read. I, I'm unsettled, are you? Yeah, yeah, if okay. I had to put a, a word on it, unsettled. Really fits the bill. Uh, um, uh, mm, huh. Interesting. Mm, I'm not going to yuck anyone's like, young, you know, but whatever. Uh, you, you there. Uh, <laughs> hey, 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 kid. Hey, child. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's up? Hi. Uh, uh I, what's up with that thing? Oh my God, you're tall. Yeah, uh huh. That's kind of rude, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, we're, they are so tall. Let's, we're, we're having hey, buddy, or, focus we're, up. Focus up, all right? We're, what's yeah. going on with this? Uh, shouldn't you be disposing of this dead body in the middle of the courtyard? Dead body? Yes. And yeah, Gil points the, to the body. Uh, yeah, uh, like, I think the kid, like, looked around confused before you pointed. Um and then after hopping up on some boxes and whatnot to get a good vantage point that Gable would have. Oh, you mean Sven? I don't uh, think so. No. But then who would we have there for next year? Whoa. Has Sven been here all year? Y'all just uh, keeping this dead body out in the open air? <laughs> no, we put it away after the festival. He'd get gross. That's Otherwise. It's all- Okay. Where do you? Uh, hmm. Oh, so it's it's part of the 
The uh, sorry, what was the festival's name again? Oh, uh, the Baganalia. Baganalia. So this is part of it. Okay, uh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so you must be Skyjacks. We haven't had any roll through in a long time. Why is that? Uh, well, I mean, you don't know about Sven and and Baganalia. So oh, no, but uh, why why haven't Skyjacks, Skyjacks. been around here? Uh, well, mom says it's because the red feather changed routes. So, uh, they just don't pass through here anymore and they go other places and, you know, there's just not as much work. Well, this one's getting sad. Uh, Gable puts the child down. (laughs) (laughs) You put it down in like a way. Pick up another child. John is like, ooh, hit her, her, get her. All right, hut, hit. You there, child. Tell us about Sven. What do you want to know about Sven? Well, wh- why you? Why is he uh, passed away? Well, Sven died because he was bad man. Why was You're he? You're celebrating a cr- bad man? No, not as much as we're celebrating a bad man's death. Ooh, that's so. This Ooh. town holds a grudge against Sven. Well, yes, against Sven and all bad people who do bad things. Uh, little girl, are you, I'm sorry. What was your name? Uh, my name is Angela. Angela? I don't like that name. I'm going to put you down. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, get the one with the braids. Get with the braids. Oh, you're wow. picking up oh, both of us. <laughs> sure. Let's. Their uh, hair is braided together. <laughs> oh, well, wow. 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 Uh, you two children. So we know about Sven and Boganalia and everything. Could you tell us the story of Sven? Uh, I don't know very well. Do you want to fill them in on it? Uh, oh, sure, I could fill them in. Well, you see, Sven was a bad man who lived long, long ago. And, uh, everyone. But why gave was him- he bad? Why was he bad? You can't just say that and then just I, have that be the fact. I need to know the why. I don't know why a tree's green. Some things because are just the way they are. This, I don't know. There's chemistry going on. There's an, Wait, an actual Johnny, reason for that. Johnny, do you, are you, so you know photosynthesis? Yeah, uh, wait, wait a minute. Okay. Tell me hey, everything hey, 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 you know about Don't turn this about me. Production. Y'all two are braiding no, together. This kid you are seems the most interesting thing in this, this conversation. Is a good opportunity so we're going to focus on you. Okay, so tell me about Sven because I don't even want to. <laughs> I like the, so it's a, that's a, I don't know what that is personally. It's a scientific <laughs> term that I'm not familiar with. Uh, can you tell me about photosynthesis? come on. <laughs> it's when, you know, trees, they, <laughs> I, okay, so. Um, oh man. Uh, so yeah, when, uh, back when I was growing up, um, there was a guy that would come through and he would tell us about the adventures he would go on and he, he would, we don't care why, you know, we just want to know what you know. (laughs) Oh, you mean William, the science guy. Yes. He's come to my port as well. (laughs) Oh yeah. William, the science gentleman is great. Yes. uh, And he always told us about photosynthesis and he made sure that we knew that inertia was a property of matter. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, that's that's perfectly fine. Well, anyway, I'll talk to Jonathan more about science Wait, later. Is it inertia? Hey, I got to talk so. to your loved ones about science. All right, I'm going to put you two down, and the next child that I pick up needs to tell me <laughs> the entire story with full details, so we don't have to do ask any more questions. Wait, We're Gable. You down. M- yes. Maybe we shouldn't get a kid. Maybe we should get. Like an adult. A small adult, yes. All a right. small adult. Let's find the yeah, smallest yeah. adult we can uh, find. Sure. Oh, here we go. You there, sir. What? Hey. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> you are an adult, aren't you? I am definitely an adult, yes. <laughs> I have, we have a question. We're Corsairs. We're from out of town. Can you tell us about Sven? Hey, put my husband down. <laughs> Ma'am. Hey, what? hey. <laughs> Ma'am, okay, that's... We will return your husband to you after he has answered our question. Okay. You know, it's Baganalia tradition. If you are lifted off of your feet (laughs) and placed in front of a stranger, you must answer their questions. They're just playing along, sweetheart. Yeah, I I know, honey. I know. I just miss you down here. (laughs) 
We'll oh, get don't right worry, back I'll be down you, very worry. soon. I'm sure these these two look very nice, even though one of them is extremely tall. Would you assume that a tall person is not nice? Absolutely, I get trod on by the tall every day. <laughs> that's fair. That's oh, fair. You're a very small man. It's oh, very easy so for sad. me to get underfoot if you like five six and up. Really, we would huh. surprise you. Wow! But he's big where it counts. He got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> He slaps his ass. It, it jiggles pleasantly. He has, he has to jump up really high to get it. <laughs> I'm gonna, and, I'm gonna pick her up. I want it her does up here jiggle. too. It does jiggle. I like the both of you as a pair. Come on, you guys, both, both of you, tell us the story. Okay, make us kiss. Make you? Yeah, make us kiss. Yeah, make us kiss. Wait, just is this, one is gentle this, kiss. Is this your thing? Having other people tell you what to do is that your thing? No, oh, I yeah. just. Oh well, maybe well, for you. I, now I'm just supportive. <laughs> Looks like you guys are learning something about each other today. That's fun. Anyways, anyway, so gonna... you gonna make us kiss? Yes, or, uh, make us kiss or what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, one kiss. You'll get the rest when the story's over. All right, all right, all right. So. The story of Baganalia. <laughs> 300 or so years ago, we used to celebrate this festival just like we celebrate it today. But we didn't have one very important decoration. Sven Axel, the biggest asshole that ever lived. <laughs> ha. Sven was a businessman, but not a good one. One time he tried to sell steaks through the mail. He was also a landlord. And someone who got involved with a lot of investments and roped people into his own investments. He would talk people into giving him money and property and all sorts of goods. And when they came back to collect their share, the businesses would have gone poof, under, and disappeared. He lived like this for years and years. Never doing anything outright illegal, but never doing anything right or good. Just being a real asshole, huh? We have a tradition in this place, in Nordia, we have bog wine, a special brew that happens only here. It has a pleasant citrusy kind of uh, taste to it if it's brewed right, and if it's brewed wrong, it's heavily bitter and full of particulate, a little gritty. You might even be able to chew your way through it. Oh, anyway. that sounds gross. Well... Good bog wine is great, and bad bog wine isn't so great. But at that, this you can time say that of year, a lot of things. A good one is a good one, <laughs> and a bad one's a bad one. I'm sorry. Did you want to tell the story? No, no, you go ahead. Story? Okay, well, did you, you want ahead. to tell the story? I'd love to hear it from you if you have it. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Let's yeah. hear it. Uh, uh, what I assume <laughs> is that boy did he he died one day. And everyone was better for it. And nope. then nope. Nope. a great yeah. dragon wrong. Absolutely uh, wrong. Uh, ate his family and a curse. All right, Gable. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, just go Yikes. ahead and give it back. Yikes. This is embarrassing. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we had this tradition stretching back all that time. And at this time of year, every year, the vernal equinox, the one time of year where it is always spring when it is supposed to be spring, we do an exchanging. We take all the bog wine that we've been fermenting and saving throughout the, the, the what should have been the winter months and what has turned into the cavalcade of changing seasons. We take all the stuff from the hard times and we celebrate the start of a new year. We toast to one another. And for those that we like, for those that have provided us good memories, we give them a small bottle of good bog wine. The sweet citrusy taste of it helps cement those memories and make sure that when you are on your deathbed, that you will be able to recall those good memories. If you oh, take nice. that bog wine, it will also, if you drink it before the end of the festival, it will add a year to your life. If you drink oh. all the good bog wine uh, that you receive as a gift during the festival. Like, how strong is this bog wine? It varies. It varies. That's part of the tradition. You see, because we also have bad bog wine, the bitter stuff 
full of particulate and sometimes full of dangerous levels of alcohol. And you give that to people who gave you bad memories, who gave you a bad time during that year. And if they drink their way through that wine, they'll be forgiven for their bad deeds. And if they finish all of the bad bog wine they receive, they won't lose a year of their life at the end of their lives. Whoa. So, Sven is a big piece of shit. <laughs> he receives all of the bad bog wine from everybody in town, and it is impossible for him to drink his way through. So on the spot, at the end of the festival, when the bells sounded, he began to age and wither in front of everyone's very eyes Ooh. and became that bog mummy you see over there. And so wow. for every year since, we've trotted him out for the festival, and we remember what happens to those who don't seek forgiveness for the bad things that they do. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How are you clapping? Thank you. Thank you. Well now told. make well me kiss my wife. <laughs> oh, yes. Have a, have a smooch and a half. That was excellently yeah. told. Oh, tell me. Tell me more. Are you a history professor forcefully. or something? Uh, you you have to uh, give her a big hug and uh, a peck on the cheek. You must. Boring. Uh, <laughs> you have to uh, kiss on the lips with a. Just, right, just a get scoop. that tongue in there real just quick. A, all right, we get we got other stuff to do. Just go of, ahead. Come on. Lots of teeth. Lots of chewing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, top teeth, touch bottom teeth. After uh, after a little bit, uh, they sort of start going off on their own, and and they don't need instruction anymore. And it's probably <laughs> best for everyone if the narration skips away from there. Fair, uh, they'll be back. <laughs> uh, but you see uh, somebody climbing up onto the monument next to Sven, um, and they have uncapped a bottle of bog wine. They're holding it up. Everybody around them starts holding it up and they shout, toast the axle. Uh, and with that, that call is answered by everyone else in the crowd and they take a sip of these bottles. And then a song starts up that I have asked Arnie to write. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were about to play it. <laughs> no, I wish, dude. I wish, but I'm a bad man. And Thank you, patrons, for paying ash in for my mouth. Arnie Parrot. Mm -hmm. We are arguably. always as impressed by him as you all are. Mm -hmm. He's arguably the only valuable one. <laughs> <laughs> you could make that argument. You probably. Make that yeah. argument. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, now I'll sing it. I just need a note. Just give me the note and I'll sing it. I'll, I'll, I'll see, that wasn't so hard, was it? Two, three. Guzzled down the stew and the bear and the wine For we're stuck with each other through the worst of times From our bones to stone and our blood to brine For it's time to toast the axle Yay! Here we go! My great-grandfather fought in the war With a man who saved his life eight times Or each year they'd split two bottles or more And they both lived to be ninety Guzzled down the stew and the bear and the wine For we're stuck with each other through the worst of times Turn our bones to stone and our blood to grind For it's time to toast the axle You are sort of left in the middle of this town square With people happily singing and cheering And drinking bog wine around you What do you do? Uh... Uh, Jonnet looks down at Gable. Hey, Gable, what did the bottle that I just gave you taste like? Was that the good oh. or the bad kind? Well, it went down really, really fast. Okay. It, I think it was it was fine. It wasn't spectacular, but then again, it might. It didn't taste like it would kill me if I didn't finish it. You know. Hmm. hmm. Okay. It's interesting because. Obviously, the body's here. It's been preserved, so obviously the curse is real. But what a... That's a powerful magic that they were discussing. Yeah. To take it, away a it, life just based on a general air of grievance. And it's kind of, like, also a little subjective. Like, yeah. to, like in what way is being an asshole to one person, that might just be tough loving to another well, well, you're right, but also, you know, when someone's an asshole, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm over yeah, here yeah, playing yeah. devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah, it's like, 
We all got to play devil's advocate sometimes, you know? Well, I... I, I wonder if there's been a Sven since Sven. Like, if there's been another person since the start of the festival that was, you know, a bad person all around. Or has this ritual really turned the town on the up and up? It, it feels... I guess it's just I don't understand their culture quite yet, but I don't know. Hey, it, it's we got a, time. If that's the case, I'm going to find uh, some really good bog wine, and I'm going to give it to you guys. And I'm going to give some to, to Nodos and Wendell and Slam and Toku. Okay, that's a lot of bog wine. That's a, that's I wonder a how much the biggest bottle they got. You probably have to buy it and... Well, I'll, I support you. But what I think we should do, Travis seems indisposed, but we I do owe him a coat. Yeah, the coat yeah. first, wine second. Maybe both. Porque no los dos. Mm-hmm. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do Spanish it. Spanish confirmed for Skychacks. I assume wine's just everywhere, right? Yeah, there, there are like little vendors with stands for wine everywhere. Gable grabs a bottle off of one of the vendors and uh, rummages in their pocket to see if they have any coin. And they, they probably don't. So they mm-hmm. just look at the vendor and kind of like shrug. <laughs> uh, the vendor narrows their eyes at Gable and taps and the John- counter. Jonathan's hand comes in, down into frame like the cake, and then he opens it up, and it's got it's mostly lint, but there's also a couple silver pieces in there. Uh, and okay. Gable grabs them and just puts them on the the counter and walks away slowly. <laughs> <laughs> the person like looks at the silver that you dropped on the counter for this bottle of very average wine and just kind of sweeps it into their register. Oh, actually, and Gable, you can we go away. back? Hang on, I yeah, need uh, that's some good silver. Goes back. And we need to buy a coat later. That's true. Uh, can we? I, I put the bottle back down and put my hand out for the silver. <laughs> <laughs> the person drops their shoulders and, and starts rummaging around. Uh, they drop the silver back into Gable's hand, and Jonnet, you're you're watching this and like kind of you know feeling good. There's a lot of music and fun around. You're about to go see a tailor when the back of your neck feels cold and that cold feeling sort of starts to spread around the rest of your body which feels heavy and disconnected for a second you blink your eyes and the world around you is suddenly no longer bright the sun is not anywhere in sight instead of people in this square you see mist rolling in from every corner and direction you are alone you can hear your heartbeat the sound of your breath and as you look in this square trying to figure out where you are and what's going on you can see lumbering figures moving through the mist your nose is overwhelmed by the smell of rotting seaweed and briny water you look at your feet as water starts to rise around the cobblestones and wet your boots you look up and you can see through the mist the face of the mariner himself. That face that you saw when you were facing him down in Bougenith, looming so much larger, a towering figure dressed in sailor's regalia with an old rusty sword in hand. He extends it towards you, pointing the blade towards you and smiles. Jonnet tries to backpedal, but because he's on Gable's shoulders, I'm imagining he just, he puts too much weight backwards and he definitely falls. Maybe Gable does like a, a check, Wait. but I feel Jonnet is definitely falling off of their shoulders. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a check to catch him. Yeah, I think that's coordination. Oh, mommy, <clears throat> I have to roll the dice. And this is average. This is unexpected, but not wildly difficult. All look the same, don't they? They do kind of look the same, <laughs> except for the different colors. 
and, and the symbols on them. <laughs> what? <laughs> oops. Oops. Is it oops. Despair oops, oops. or something. Oops. Uh, uh, that is two failures and two six, and, and two advantages. <laughs> two failures, two advantages. So I think Jonnet falls. There's no way to avoid that. I, I think the mariner then in your vision, Jonnet, is approaching you and raises the sword as if to strike you. You fall backwards and before the blade hits you, boom, your back hits the ground. It feels for a second as though the water was like leaking into your mouth like you uh. couldn't breathe. But that's really just the wind getting knocked out of you as you fall seven feet uh, which is not Ooh. insubstantial. Ooh. Really. <laughs> I think the, do you know what the advantages are? No, no, please. I think I know me. what the advantages are is that instead of like falling flat, he like gets caught on my armpits and like kind of like thunk thunks down. So it doesn't hit as hard. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's probably something soft for him to land on too. So there's no head that trauma. We dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) but with that I'd like to cut to a bar Johnny Fridays (laughs) Johnny describe this bar for us tell us something about it Uh, this is a place that uh, you were taken to during a festival where you can kind of have a private conversation so I think in the front it's pretty rowdy because it Mm. is Baganalia and uh, I think this bar has, like, bog wine on tap. Oh, yeah, for sure. Huh. There's got to be barrels of it. Yeah. And then in the back, there are sort of those, like, round booths where you can kind of go in and, like, slide around. Mm. And they're a little more private and maybe even have, like, a, a curtain in the front so that you can have, like, it's obviously not soundproof, but you can have a little more privacy just within that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's kind of a, this bar must be one of the nicer looking places in town. I I think there are probably a few different pubs, but this one, I I think it's called like the Cardinal's Feather or something. Uh, And it was clear that when Red Feathers passed through here more frequently, this was a popular spot for they're uh, more wealthy members of the Red Feather Syndicate. These private booths would be places where, you know, uh, different officers would entertain each other or maybe be entertained by people working in this area. But d- despite, like, I- I'd say two or so years of hardship for this place, the booth itself that you're taken to is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And with the festival going, there's, there's a lot of carousing in this place. Sorry about that. Is this your first time at Boganalia? Can you remember what we decided? I think I, I think you I've have been, been here, here before, but I did during that, Boganalia. Well, we don't know. This could be Travis's second. Uh, it's up mm. to you. It, it like I think the decision comes down to Johnny whether or not you want to add things in about Boganalia because then you can just have Travis talk about them and it's true. Uh, (laughs) Um, But if you don't want that responsibility. Well, just because I have the responsibility doesn't mean I have to act on it. Better, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. You know, with great power comes great power. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think you just get the power. You just do it and it's great. I've been to 70 Baganalias. (laughs) Hey, heroes, it's James, your game master. Welcome to the mid-roll. Folks, we got extremely exciting news because I know a lot of you love Skyjack's Courier's Call. Well, this is me letting you know that next week on March 31st, we will have a brand new episode of Skyjack's Courier's Call up on its own feed. 
that means every other week you are going to get twice the Skyjacks. As Courier's Call will be updating the mini-season that we produced thanks to you supporting the World Builders End of Year Drive. The Courier's Call podcast feed is up right now. So if you're listening on your favorite podcast listening device, head to your favorite podcast app and search for Skyjack's Courier's Call. You can find the first four episodes of Courier's Call already posted there, and the fifth is coming out on Tuesday, March 31st. We are currently gearing up for a Kickstarter to kickstart a full season of Skyjack's Courier's Call. Some of you might be thinking there is a pandemic, and it's pretty wild to try and fund a podcast during a pandemic. Heroes, I don't disagree, but three out of the four performers on that podcast currently don't have work because of the pandemic. If we can fund the show, we're going to be able to give them work. Unless the Kickstarter does incredibly well, it's not going to be the equivalent of full-time work, but it'll help delay emergencies. It'll give people access to food and necessary items to keep living their lives. And at the end of the day, that is extremely important to me. Also, the world is grim, and I kind of think we need the light and levity of Courier's Call. If you are interested in supporting that Kickstarter, I recommend signing up for our mailing list at bit.ly slash skyjackscrew. We're going to be sending out a notification email for a preview page of the Kickstarter, and we'll be sending another email when the Kickstarter goes live. We want to make the world a brighter place, and with your help, heroes, we can do it. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank our backers on Patreon. OneJot is currently in the process of generating a new list of Patreon backers. Uh, Basically, we pick up where we left off in the order of signups for our Patreon. And between reading lists of names, we like to leave a little bit of time so people who are interested in getting involved and hearing their names on air soon can sign up. If you're interested, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and join us as a backer. Our Patreon backers get access to exclusive audio content, including tons of Skyjacks material. Thanks again to everyone who supports us already and all the folks who are going to sign up soon. Now with all that out of the way... Let's get back in the sky. This this is not my first Baganalia. Interesting. Not it has many. been a long time. I suppose I should... Here, would you mind if I started a spell between us? I suppose not. Unless it's some it's... sort of binding contract. I'd like to no, read the fine print first, of course. No binding contract, though I will let you know that I will be drawing power from this conversation. That seems fine. Then I can begin. She places a hand on the table um, and takes a breath. And as she lets out that breath, I think you get a little bit of frisson. The hairs on the back of your neck stand up. You can feel the energy in the air. Everything feels a little bit more exciting and electric. I am a black lily. You may have heard stories of black lilies. The first part of my spell, I will reveal to you that the source of my power comes from intimacy, rare moments between people, precious moments between people. During this spell, I will ask you questions, and you will answer them truthfully. And then you will ask me questions, and I will answer those questions truthfully. So long as we were honest with each other, I will be able to draw power from our meeting. I intend to use that power to aid you. Aid me with what? You are a broken thing. Okay. It's a little forthright. I must be forthright, as must you. That's the only way this spell works. Well, who isn't a little broken? She smiles. You're getting it. A little bit defensive, but you're getting it. Well, you're defensive. 
What is your name? Travis Matigo. And the electricity disappears between the two of you. (laughs) Mr. Matigo, is it? I did mean what I said earlier. In order for my spell to work, I need you to be honest with me. And in turn, I will be honest with you. And together, we'll have built some intimacy. And I can use that to help you. I understand you're a person who holds secrets, but I can also see the blood on your sleeve. And I can assure you that that's a very serious problem. Very well. Also, I can't begin to tell you what kind of a problem a torn luminary is worth. Hmm. Let's begin again. Once again, she taps the table in front of you, breathes in and breathes out. Electricity returns to the air. What is your name? William. She smiles, and with that, you feel a little bit of warmth. The electricity in the air heightens a little bit. Your heart starts to race. Now, Do you have any questions for me, William? How did you come to live here? I don't live here, actually. I'm just visiting, passing through. I read the cards, and the cards told me that I needed to come here. And I can tell you it wasn't easy, as not many ships pass through here these days. But there's something for me here, and I intend to wait around until I get it. What are you waiting for? I didn't know what I was waiting for at first, but I think I found it. Uh, She makes meaningful eye contact with you, and you feel it. You flatter me. There's no flattery involved, Mr. Matico. I can assure you that. Well, I've got nothing to offer. Like you said, I'm a broken thing. Do you believe that I intended to take something from you? Well, no one... Of course, everyone takes something from... You you know, there's no such thing as a free... uh, Whatever. She smiles again. Mr. Matigo, do you know what the Black Lilies do? I've heard tale... Oh, really? Please regale me. Well, you... You know, I've heard... She raises an eyebrow as you speak. Look, I'm just telling you what I've heard, not what... What's true or not. No judgments. I just need a basis to understand what I need to explain to you. tell, Tell your eyebrow. (laughs) <laughs> I've just heard heard talk of lonely errors in need of a a night of comfort. We'll seek out the black lilies. She nods. Basic, but there's truth to that. It's a little bit more complicated. There are lots of people in this world who offer a night of comfort, either out of their hearts or for coin. And Black Lilies do, from time to time, perform that sort of service. But we believe in it. It's something specifically that we're taught. That somewhere in intimacy lies human dignity. It is a thing that all people need. It is a thing that our order has devoted ourselves to. It's about healing. It's about helping broken things. And as you've said, Mr. Matigo, who isn't a little broken? I don't intend to sleep with you unless it's absolutely necessary. I hope you understand that and appreciate it. Well, excuse me. (laughs) Burn. (laughs) Get roasted. I'll I'll have you know that were you to spend the night with me, we would both be very, 
disappointed, but not for the reason that you think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She blushes a little bit and laughs at that. You really believe that? Let's just say that um, I'm less for a night of passion and more for husbandry, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) She arches an eyebrow again. No, keep it down. Keep it down. (laughs) I don't intend to take anything from you, Mr. Madigo. My order believes in healing people, healing wounded people. And you are very wounded, Mr. Madigo. Uh, she gestures to your arm. I'd normally agree with you, but tonight of all nights, I'd agree with you uh, even more than than you know, maybe. May I see it? Oh, have, have a blast. <laughs> she reaches towards your arm and then makes eye contact with you again. May I touch you? Sure. With that, she rolls up your sleeve and looks at Gable's job at healing you, which, you know, uh, is a little bit messy. The The bandages have bled through. Some of it's got on your clothes. Um, and her expression gets a little more serious. This is very bad. I know. It was my favorite jacket. She runs two fingers down your arm. And you can feel some of the aching, throbbing pain that was in the appendage disappear. It feels cool and light. And you can't see it, but the bleeding stops. That's a small portion of my power. I've shown you what I can do. I believe, Mr. Madigo, that I am here because you need help. You are a broken thing. And Black Lilies, if we are welcome, do our part to heal broken things. I will ask something of you in return. A Black Lily does not work for free. It is a service that we perform, and therefore a valuable thing that must be valued in turn. I don't know that you or or anyone else, quite honestly, has the power to to heal me. Because I don't even know what's wrong. I can just feel it. Well, we've at least got the night to find out. So give me the night. <laughs> All right. Tonight, give right. me the night. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Madigo, what curse is laid upon you? Well, uh, I've always thought of good looks and a silver tongue as a bit of a curse. Um, (laughs) You're lying, and the electricity disappears. Even facetious statements are lies, Mr. Madigo. Okay, come on. It's only a lie if you don't don't believe it. (laughs) I can tell that you absolutely do not. I will tire if you keep breaking the spell. Mm. Okay, well, I was cursed by the Forest Queen. And with that, the electricity pulses back up. You can feel it again, this time much stronger. Now that is a fascinating truth. Let's cut back to Gable and Jonnet. And so it is a ceremony and a, the entire celebration is about redemption. I understand it completely now. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for explaining I think it. We both under, mm-hmm. I think we both understand it completely. Yeah. That actually a, wasn't even hard to really get. Just putting it in the right 
terms, then yeah. Now look, are y'all gonna keep blocking the door to my shop or are you gonna come in and buy something? Oh, so uh, we're not going to be worried about the fall at all. That would just be <laughs> right over. Okay. I think we're fine. <laughs> um, we can I catch th- her right up to the fall. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think prob- we come back probably to Jonnet and he's just looking around. He's got a little bit of, of like his own sweat on his brow, kind of breathing a little heavy. Jonnet. John, what what did you just why did you just Gable, why did Gable, you fling yourself off? Gable, I um Gable, I don't want to keep anything from you, but um I feel like this might be um what Travis might maybe consider to be a, a downer, but I feel like it's probably important <laughs> to say. Okay, uh, do you want to remove yourself from the public square where everyone's kind of looking at you. Uh, and then he looks around at okay. all of the, the children and the people. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be, that'd be great. Let's just, let, let's go into this alley. Let's go over here. We hide behind like a hay bale. <laughs> yeah. Nice fresh hay. So, um, what do you mean? A, a downer? Um, yeah, like a, a, a big old downer, big boy downer. Um, so, I think I might be followed or cursed or I, you know how we left Bougenith and um, I feel like I haven't been able to escape something that kind of happened in Bougenith and I think I'm seeing the Mariner. At that. Gable doesn't even respond. Um, I'm going to cast magic to see if there is anyone around us or like to see if there's any like malevolent magic around us because I believe Jonathan. Um, okay. This is just like um, a general perception check. Yeah. Gable is right uh, or die. spend two strain. And if Every- we're on the same day, I will also want to point out that I've already taken three strain because I beat myself up trying to follow. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to follow Travis. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, but what's the the difficulty on that? A difficulty on this. I'm gonna make it. It's just a general <sighs> perception check for like presence of evil. So I'm not looking for the Mariner, but average. Let's make it average. Two successes, a triumph, and a threat. Yeah. Excellent. You take a moment, focus your divine power, and open your eyes. Then you open your eyes again. That small flutter of the feathers that you've regained, that connection that you have to the universe that allows you to hunt wickedness alights, and you look around this place. And there is joy and peace here. You can see it in the hearts of many of the lives around you. But there is also a creeping dread. Lines of misfortune, chaos, and pain that have attached themselves to every soul that lives in this town. There is a fog at the edge of this place, a fog that is slowly creeping in, the most horrible thing that you have ever seen. And the thing that chills you most, more than the doom that is spelled for this town by the malevolence that lives in the air around it, you see a tiny, thin thread attached to Jonnet's hand. It's a small, small thread of a curse. A curse that you have seen before. Have I? In your years walking this earth, 200 of them, you must have seen someone with a mariner's mark beginning to Uh. form.
So we return once again to the internal captain's quarters of the Skyship Uhuru, where they are currently reading letters in the suggestion box. All right, we've got another letter here. Uh, This one says, I have been locked in the bird room for three weeks. Travis told me to go clean them and then the door jammed behind me. I can't get out. I've been stealing meat chunks from Metatron, but I think they've decided I'm their baby now. Whenever someone comes in, they sit on me and hide me, and then the blasted door jams again, and no one can hear me call for help. Or are they just ignoring me? Please let me out. Well, this sounds like sort of a shame on you situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's more of a complaint than a suggestion for sure. Well, I mean... How did they submit it? Yeah, how did we get this letter? It was in the suggestion box. Hmm. We have one right in the bird room in case the birds should have any needs. They do have needs. Fair. The first hint should have been that there is no bird room. They live in cages underneath the ship, so someone is not using their critical listening skills. I'm going to say that colloquially we could uh, consider that That the bird room. Colloquially? Mm, okay. Mm, it's yes. hard to say in this voice. That's hyper. <laughs> what voice? Saying it's just in a different. The only voice I have. <laughs> the only one available to spit. <laughs> well, we haven't checked this in a while, so I think we can safely assume that whom whomever this is is passed away. So yeah, was it postmarked? Should... Uh, no, it, it's just kind of filthy and torn, covered in stains. So how about we do sort of the last rites for this? undoubtedly dead person and then just sort of move on i mean you don't think we should send one person down to check the the cages to make sure that no no why look we've got so much back order suggestion letters to get up on Uh, we don't have time we just don't have the resources what i'm saying is this could be an easy win for us It could be, but it, but it could won't. also open a huge can of worms. Look, look or we it, could end up in another Taco Tuesday situation very easily, but this is one person's request not to be treated as a bird-human hybrid, and we could pull that off. Yes, but it's their fault. It's definitely their fault, and I'm not here to reward mistakes mm-hmm. of others. Who's to say if we go down there and, and rescue them that they're not going to just make the same mistake exactly. again? All right, It's wasting exactly. man hours and time and effort. I have a question. So how about we each go around and say our favorite memory of this anonymous person? My favorite memory of this person was when uh, they got themselves locked up in the bird room. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I think my favorite memory about Anani was when I was walking by the bird room. Uh, I guess it was three weeks ago. Uh, I heard a help and I just kept on walking. They're always like that. They always mm-hmm. did that. My, my favorite yeah. memory is when I um, locked them in the bird room for being annoying. No, wait, wait, wait hold up. Hold <laughs> up. Classic. Wait a minute. Wait one minute. Now we all hold hands. No, we're right. waiting a and minute. And say we're a quick prayer. I... All right. And hold take flight. No. Take flight. Take flight. All right. No, thank no, no, you. No. All right. Wait a minute. We just found out that somebody was purposely locking this. I don't think we learned That's anything. That's not their fault anymore. The whole premise of condemning this person to a horrible life where a bird is their only source of warmth and comfort has now been shattered. I think you need to stop focusing on the past and just think about the good memories of the person mm-hmm. that we don't know who it is and all of the good times that we have Thank with you, them. Gable. And we need to we need to be forward facing on the prospects of getting a new crewmate. Look, we're constantly searching for new crewmates. And if you think a new crewmate that we find is going to be some kind of gem diamond in the rough, you got another thing coming because I've been in a lot of those interviews and <laughs> prospects are not bright. Well, we have added quite a few mm-hmm. more for our entertainment. John, while you were gone, we added uh, a singing, dancing cat. What? Yeah. So if that comes wait, up. Wait, just... where, where, well, where is it? 
not quite so much a cat as it is a a cat person. A cat person unsettling and disturbing to look at. Yes, Yes, it does have digital fur technology. Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it like take one look at it, get goosebumps all over my body, and then (laughs) just swear off it for the rest of the journey. Anyway, take flight. Take flight. Take take flight. flight, I guess. Okay, now I'll sing it. I just need a note. Just give me the note and I'll sing it. Okay, see, that wasn't so hard, was it? Two, three. Guzzled on the stew and the bear and the wine, for we're stuck with each other through the worst of times. Turn our bones to stone and our blood to brine, for it's time to toast the axle. Yeah, here we go. My great-grandfather fought in the war With a man who saved his life eight times Or each year they'd split two bottles or more And they both lived to be ninety Guzzled out the stew and the bear and the wine But we're stuck with each other through the worst of times Turn our bones to stone and our blood to grind For it's time to toast the axle Drunken Jones stumbled out to me field And his drunken dance a straight ruin me yield So I gave him a wine, made a pickle eels He drank it and now we're brothers Guzzled on the stew and the bear and the wine For we're stuck with each other through the worst of times Turn our bones to stone and our blood to brine For it's time to toast the axle Casey Tony stole all me wealth So I gifted him a thistle wine to drink to me health That bottle sat one whole year on a shelf But he was dead the next part and you gotta drink the wine the worst of times when our bones stone and our blood to brine for its time everybody and the beer and the wine we're stuck with each other through the worst of times when our bones stone and our blood to brine for its time to toast the axle Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.